Hello and welcome to the uh, sixth episode of the Miller's Game Room podcast. I'm Miller and I'm going to ramble about games and why I love them and various topics relating to that. So uh, today I've got the usual format. And uh, So first off, um, I uploaded last week's episode really late and for that I'm sorry. And I'm doing this early so be so to get it up closer so you get two closer together which is going to be uh, pretty cool so yeah there's that done and um i'm going to start with some news and i've picked some news and then later on smt5 impressions because i've played that for a while and the last bit is basically me rambling about uh, my uh, dream game room which uh, i'm looking forward to let's get started with the news stuff which uh, i picked stuff that mainly was this week believe apart from one which is probably something everyone's aware of so uh so first off there was a game awards which um i'd say overall was pretty good though as expected it was very western AAA focused and also lots of mentions of things like influencers and esports which i don't really follow so i don't really have an opinion on it and aside from smt5 and bowser's fury i've not played any new releases this year so they're all like I don't know what any of this is, but I have a few like thoughts generally. Uh, first off, it's good to see Metroid Dread getting a Game of the Year nomination, and I think a lot of people wouldn't have thought that would be the case for a Metroid game. Uh, SMT5 getting nominated for a Best RPG is also pretty good as well, alongside seeing like things like Tales of Rise also in that category. There's also the uh, innovation in accessibility category, which I'm really glad to see because it shows that disability has been acknowledged in the more mainstream in terms of gaming, which is really good. In terms of best fighter, I don't really follow fighting games, but I was surprised to see Melty Blood type Lumina getting a nomination for a best fighter because it's really niche and I don't think many people will have actually played it, especially compared to some of the other things like the Virtua Fighter 5 re-release. And finally, the main comment was uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was nominated for two, including Best RPG, and I'm like, why? It doesn't deserve to win, because it was such a poorly rushed game, even though I, I feel it might actually have a chance of winning, because a lot of people will just vote for it anyway, because they don't really play Japanese games, because the rest are all JRPGs, so fingers crossed it doesn't win. And also, there were lots of nominations for Ubisoft and Activision games, because there's a lot going on with them, and uh, very bad. I mean, there's also the stuff Activision, which I'm not talking about, because it's way too triggering and distressing and just very dark. But all I'll say is, fuck Bobby Kotick. Okay, the next one is, um, people will probably be aware of this one, but there's the whole GTA Definitive Edition launch, which uh, was a train wreck, to put it lightly. Lots of glitches and bugs. The, tra- the rain looks like milk, like really bad milk. Body models look very bad, deformed, not good. Face textures were used on walls. Apparently the Switch versions like unplayable. PC version was taken offline from the Rockstar store. The launcher itself was, was offline as well, but that has come back. And in the code, people are finding things like the hot coffee mode, which is quite notorious for actually getting the original San Andreas game at an AO rating back in the day. And I also found developer comments and uh, it was getting review bombed and mocked and uh, it was pretty funny to see all these glitches and people laughing at them because, yeah, uh, 
a major AAA company should bloody know better and not release that crap because it's like they literally released shovelware basically. And uh, yeah, they, and they were like, "Oh, we're sorry, we got caught for it, even though we likely knew damn well before release it was in this state, and we don't care because we got your money." Ha 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 ha. Oh yeah, and um, they knew they shouldn't have released it, and. The physical copies, when they come out, they'll be worthless because all the patches will be promised to get the game fixed or something. It's like, I feel a bit bad because this was something I was like, oh, I'm actually interested in this. And it's like, it's turned out to be a, a pile of wank. And like, it's like, if a game's interested, interesting to me that's from a Western AAA developer, I expect it by default to be shit. And this is basically what's happened again. I got a good laugh out seeing the glitches, though. So, yeah, if you would like fancy getting me having a laugh, go look at the glitch review videos and pictures on YouTube, Reddit, and also the Metacritic reviews, where they're all under one in terms of user reviews. So, oh dear, the, um, the untouchable rock star has now been severely damaged with this embarrassment of a port. So, uh, fuck them. Anyway, moving on to more niche stuff now. Uh, first one was basically... Rune Factory 5 got a patched in Japan with the same-sex marriage content on the 15th, which, uh, yeah, it's going to be included in the West as def- in the default, so uh, can't wait to be gay in that. And finally, a new really niche one, which happened just yesterday, actually. Um, new Otome game announcement is um, from a new studio uh, called Medium, and it's called uh, Chronicles of Refugia, and it's coming episodically and simultaneously to Steam in Japanese and English next year. And yeah, I'm pretty, uh, keep keep an eye on that one. The art is from Kazuki Yune, who, uh, if you know Hakuoki, even if you've not played it, you'll recognise the art, it's by the same illustrator. And if you've played a lot of Idea Factory games, you'll recognise the composer, who is uh, Ziz Studio, who, uh, does a lot of OPs for these things from Idea Factory and other companies, so, uh, yeah, it's good to see more Japanese devs putting these games out and themselves and not having to... uh, rely on localizers and actually showing interest in the west which is really good so yeah i'm really glad to see that all right next i'm going to talk about snt5 and my extended first impressions because uh this is what i've really been playing this week i did finish Cell setter as well like even before i uploaded the last one but and which i did really enjoy ending was great on that and i love the music as well and uh aside from that that's not really much else so there's a uh, snt5 I've played around 15 hours so far on the casual mode, so it's basically a bit easier, more fun, so I don't have to grind as much or die repeatedly, even though it has still happened, so it's a lot more fun, and um, yeah, um, so far I am really liking it, it's um, a main thing I like about it is first off the exploration, because a lot of the game you actually spend exploring, you don't battle as much, or even when you battle it's not typical turn-based structure, because you can negotiate with demons and stuff like that. It's very, it's really complicated to explore the map because there's a lot of, you. it takes a long time to 100% it, so in that sense it's a bit more complicated to do because you've got to really check every nook and cranny to find like chests or memons, which are like, NPCs you can find and you get bonuses for collecting them and um, lots of hidden areas and you can just run around and yeah it's a lot it's just a lot and it's it's really Moorish because I've never really played like a map like this in this kind of way and the map itself looks really visually stunning like 
for a start, a lot of the demons have been reused from Persona 5, which is fine. But it, the style's consistent, but the actual world itself is a lot darker. Like the first part of uh, the Ruined Tokyo is like a sandy, vast desert, and it's really interesting seeing the, the desert and the natural structures as well. And then the next bit where I got up to, which is Shinagawa, which is uh, very red. Like it's really red, and it looks, it really looks really bizarre, and it looks great. And there's shipping containers and stuff like that. And this atmosphere, like you can, like it feels, yeah, you can kind of tell it's meant to be Tokyo, but it doesn't really feel like Tokyo. It just feels like its own world, if that makes sense. Even though, like, if you've been to Japan like me, you'll recognize some of the little nods, like the JRL signs. Because if you, especially if you're in, like, at the start of a game, you're going to Shinagawa Station in the actual Tokyo. And if you've seen the JRL signs, is quite familiar and comforting. And having actually been in Shinagawa Station, it was quite nice to have that little throwback as well. And also when you're in the ruined bits, you see the road signs with the directions on it in the names in like Japanese and English, which is actually the case in Japan in real life. And also seeing like Shinkansens as well, like on the tracks and also commuter trains as well. There's a lot of variety. It's really... In terms of like atmosphere, it, it, from what I've heard, it's closer to the Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, which I've not played. Like I played four hours of it years ago, but I've not really played it because I burnt out and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put this game down before I just... Because it's, it's really hard. And this game, even on casual, is hard. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get you're going to have a lot of dif- you're going to have a lot of difficulty in the sense of you need to take the time to really get familiar with the systems. In many ways, it's basically a lot like like older RPGs in that sense you have to spend time getting to know the systems and not and casual just makes it a bit easier for me because it otherwise normal that's just too hard and it's it's nice to have that challenge I've missed it in a way it's really familiar and yeah have this the, the negotiations also are like genuinely funny yeah like you've seen probably pictures on the internet of what some her demons have been saying like one of them is uh are you a top or a bottom? By uh, the um, whatever the first, that demon's called, I forgot its name. And the d- another one I saw recently was from a, a teddy bear demon saying, "Hey, wanna play?" And you see this demon at like, this floating teddy bear with its stitches open, and inside you see skulls, and it's like, "Why?" <laughs> it's just wow. It's it's just funny, and I enjoy the skits, and it's kind of more predictable to get it right this time. Whereas in previous games, it kind of felt really unfair. Like, I'd say an answer, and it's like, oh, you've reacted this way. Okay, let's just fight instead. And it's just, it's funny. It is really funny, and it's, I, I love it a lot, actually, in that sense. And um, you can also, like, fuse demons together. There's um, a uh, couple, there's a new system change, like Megatsu, which is basically, you fill up a garage, when the garage is full, you can use a skill, which... The um, protagonist or all the demons can have and select, and the first one you get by default is about everyone will get a critical that turn, but you can add to it. And I haven't really dug into that yet, but that's a really interesting mechanic. And even with that, you need to when you do the boss battles, you often will need to use it and think about every single move. Like I have almost died. Like I died. I've died a few times. Like I think even the first boss when you get to the um, there's a point where you get to Tokyo Tower. It's just quite early on. You see it in the, the trailer. But when you get to Tokyo Tower, there is a boss. And the first boss you get there is where your skills really have got to be tested. 
because it will kick your ass if you don't know what you're doing. You can also change your affinities. So, like, you can collect essences of monsters and you can change the protagonist's weaknesses and strengths to the same as the demons, which you will need to do. And also inherit skills as well from demons using the same process. And yeah, it's very different and refreshing. Like, you don't really get this in, like, Persona 5, for example, because in Persona 5, the protagonist shared the same resistances to the demon. And even though you could switch them around, which was cool, but I actually prefer in this. Like... I'm starting to feel in some ways that maybe Shin Megami Tensei 5 is kind of better than Persona 5, potentially, in terms of the gameplay. I could only really be talking about the vanilla version, because the Ants version I've not played, but apparently did fix things, even though SMT5 is a lot more gameplay-based. So, it's one of these, like, you're playing this game, you're not playing it for the story. Even though the story's there, it's very deep, it is complex. But the main reason you play SMT is mainly for the gameplay and the atmosphere, not so much for the... The story, even though it's there. And yeah, it is nice. Like I've gone to the point where now I'm getting medium level skills quite regularly now, so I'm about a third to potentially halfway through. I don't know, but I'd say I'm about a third. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's great. And um music is stunning as usual, it's really stim worthy, like really good rock music. Like I don't have a surround sound, so I don't have the means to listen to it fully without getting my headphones in, but I really hope a soundtrack release happens for it, because it's an incredible soundtrack, and I love it. And the themes are lovely. If you've played Mega 10, it's basically more of that music. And uh, what I will say is, um, when it comes to the quality of the game, play it docked, because on the handheld, it is a bit rough. It looks very blurry, and isn't really that good. And it's like, it's a game I can play docked, and I can get hooked to it, and it's that good. I love it. And yeah, I hope to do more of it soon. I mean... I mean, when I've done this, I'll probably end up playing more of it because it is a fun game. Very fun game. Alright, and for this third and final section, I'm going to talk about my dream game room because this is something that I've been thinking more about lately for a bunch of reasons. And one of which is the fact that I've been seeing some like YouTube videos and seeing people show off their rooms and how they've built it up over time and their unique themes. And even on the other day, like, seeing, like, the Twitter friends, like, posting, like, um pictures of part of her collection seeing the shelves like it was quite small and humble but it's really nice having the shelves and and yeah I've been thinking what I want to do because I'm I'm gonna be uh be building my uh my game room from scratch so to speak like I do have circumstances I'm not going into today but I've uh I've got my I've got games I'm very lucky to have still have my games but I don't really have a room for to put them in or a start of actually doing them properly like so being able to get my stuff together and frame them actually means quite a lot to me and um and the best part about doing it from scratch is i can start from the foundation to get it built around my personality my tastes my needs and i can start accordingly so um i would want something around my personality and my tastes so um things to me be like focusing on my gaming tastes so like niche games, RPGs, VNs, Nintendo, those kind of things that I've already talked about on here, and so if you know that, if you know that you'll know what I'm into. Um, emphasis on some representation of marginalised communities, so like um, LGBT and a disability as well, and those kind of things, and have that emphasis in some way. I'd have a cute aesthetic, of course, and also merchandise as well, which... Uh, it's cute, and I've written a bunch of notes. I'm just going to ramble for fun because some positivity would be good, especially given the mention of like, especially given the whole like 
some of the negative news I could have covered, I've like something positive in comparison, it's also good as well. So first off, for shelving, I would I want to use a mixture of things. So like one thing I'd have would be the usage of wine boxes. So if you don't know, like you can buy wine, have them stored in like wooden boxes, and then when you're done, a lot of the boxes are often reused. And I know I was younger, I um I had a few wine boxes which I did put my games in, and I really really liked them. Like it was really um the boxes are quite sturdy. There are also like resistant to waterproofing damage a bit more, and they can be stacked as well. And um, I've always wanted to kind of evolve that and to make flesh it out more. And I would use it primarily for like lighter and smaller games, so like DS, 3DS, and Vita and Switch would fit in them, for example. And I'd stack them where I can because like they are more expensive though, so I can't really get too many of them. So, and also they can't really set them too high either, like you can't really stack them from the ground, so things would like. I would probably need some heavier shelving, so things like for heavier games, so if I had limited editions, put them there. Art books, also put them there, because physical art books are really heavy, especially, like, really, like, thick, like, tomes and stuff, and if you've bought a Western localised art book as well, or even from Japan, you'll know that they're quite big as well. And also, like, things like a TV as well, because you can't put TV on wine boxes, but you can put them on, like, a shelving unit, a chest of drawers or something. I'd also have like taller shelving, so like some wooden shelving that's more like probably second hand from the charity shop or something, so it's cheap and reusing like units. But have a section for like um, LGBTQ and Otimi stuff as well, have our own shelves, so not the games themselves because the games can go with the collection, but the actual Merc and stuff and the limited edition boxes where I have them can also go on the shelves there as well. And I'd have, um, in ideal world, I'd have every game for every platform that I'm interested in. So, like, I wouldn't go complete sets because complete sets are just a huge waste of time, to be honest. In my opinion, anyway. It's not, not really worth the money or the space of things I won't play because a lot of them I will not play. But I'd want to have a sizable collection of games I want to play, which would mainly be RPGs, to be honest, and uh, Nintendo games. And also some, like, miscellaneous things, maybe some Western games as well that I want, but mainly, like, not AAA violent gore on that. And that'd be what I want to do. I'd also have like plastic tubs, so plastic shoving units to use for like older consoles and cables and chargers as well for handhelds and they'd be translucent so I can look into them and see what they are from the outside. And um, I'd also have multiple consoles like out, so to speak. So I'd be like, I could be able to take one at a time and help set it up using those units, but not necessarily like set them up mainly to save electricity. So that is what I'm playing, like the Switch, for example. If I had that set up, I'd have a dock set up. But not the not actually play it. If that makes sense. I'd also eventually want to get regional lock consoles like the regional lock PS2, Wii, Wii U, and stuff, and even ones that are hacked as well, so I can play imports and exclusives. Because importing is quite a um, a big part of uh, what I like to do game wise. I like importing curios. I'm probably one of the a minority of people that likes importing stuff. So I can do that basically and have a maybe some stands as well to put various stuff on. Yeah, I'd also want a display cabinet as well, so I can can display things, like, not super much, like, I'm not super into displaying things, like, all I've got, but I like being reminded of these things, like, be able to show this sentimental value, and passionately look after it, and that kind of thing. Um, in terms of a TV, I'd want a, um, a big TV, well, at least 50 inches, to get a huge screen size, um, have a surround sound unit, so it, the music sounds amazing, 
and um, any make sure make sure any home console game I can play can play well, and um, maybe if if need be try to get a CRT TV like one of those smaller ones you play older games on like the PS2 for example, or the Xbox and that kind of thing so it remove the original hardware, and I'd also have it like a CD player so in the surround sound I'd want like a, a CD player, and that CD player can play my gaming soundtrack CDs or anything digital I've got. And maybe not there, just there, have it around the house as well, which would be cool. And um, as for the walls outside of that, I'd want a bunch of things. I'd want a bunch of wall scrolls, a bunch of posters as well, representing my interests. Like, not too, not too all over the place as well, because I'd mind... I'd probably mix it with, like, maybe some lights or some, like, fake nature or something to give it a different atmosphere. But I'd also want to be in a room with a window so the lateral light can come in. And maybe even have something hanging from the, the window so anyone outside can see, just not... A really expensive line, but uh, yeah, it'd be lovely. And then finally, in terms of the seating, I'd probably have like gaming feed pillows and stuff, and like a seats and cushions and stuff, and just sit down and play stuff. And if friends come over, have them like sit around and play as well. Some space for friends, but many for me, and that's just amazing. And it's like it's nice dreaming these kind of things. And for me, like I can't wait to get to the point where I can like. Uh, make this a reality and it's really nice to think about and that's kind of why I wanted to run back today especially to give a bit of like positivity and um yeah I'm gonna finish today and um please like uh like subscribe etc and follow my podcast on the platform of choice that you have and I uh, thank you all for listening today and I hope you have a lovely day bye bye